everybody welcome back to the h2p podcast i'm your host chris carter here on dkpittsburghsports.com and our podcast channel remember you can subscribe to that on apple spotify google podcast and everywhere podcasts are hosted it's free it's fun we got a lot of great programming here that you get just for signing up and then of course always check out our our written content and everything at dkpittsburghsports.com where uh you know we got all we got all the good stuff that's where you see all the written work and the features and all the great stuff we do there but this is the h2p podcast again so pit fans welcome here we are talking pit basketball today we did some football talk on thursday where we had uh luke braun of locked on vikings talking about the placement of jalen twyman and patrick jones so that was a fun conversation go back and listen to that if, if you if you're interested to see how those guys are fitting in through rookie camp but let's talk about some things about pit hoops you know we've been talking about who they've been getting they had the crazy week two weeks ago and everything's been going on but there's an element here that i think everyone's missing when we talk about this team and jeff capel trying to build pit to being back to being competitive the way they were from the early 2000s into like the mid 2010s because that was that was a fun era of pit basketball. Tons of teams that 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 were that were competitive. They fought in the Big East. They fought in the ACC. They'd make the tournament here and there. But it's been a while since that has happened. Now we've all talked about how you know we know about the transfer situation. We know about Capel, and we know about you know how you know the, the team has struggled and and the things that he's had to go up against. But I think there's one element that hasn't we haven't seen enough of yet. And it's not a schematic thing. It's not an X's and O's thing. It's not a, you know, a hitting your shots thing. It's these guys having fun together. It's seeing a team that enjoys building off of each other, playing together. And I don't think that that's something that we saw a lot of, especially down the stretch last year. And let's remember, this is now to what, two years in a row. The first year I still don't count because it's, you know, Jeff's building off the building the program for that. But for two years in a row, you saw potential in the team. You saw potential in your Panthers fighting and scrapping and getting in there, and then things would just fall apart late in the season. And then there's just like, what's happening? Why why can't they pull things together? Why are they always having to come back from behind? And then someone has to put in a hero effort, and then maybe they compete, but then they all, then they fall short. That's been the that's been the recipe. And you know, one thing that was happening, I was going back and watching through some things this year because that's the, that's the kind of sports nerd I am. I, I watch old tape and review things just to kind of reconfirm how I've evaluated certain players. And one thing I noticed looking at some of those middle year games, they, there was there wasn't that chemistry of of spark of hey, let's play our style of basketball. Let's force let, let's force this other team to compensate for for what we're good at doing there were some really good individual efforts xavier johnson against syracuse that one game where he went off for like 30 points or something like that justin champagne with his back-to-back 2020 games audis tony had some on-fire games ethiel horton had some on-fire games 
And it was those performances that really carried them to a bulk of their wins was individual showings where they were playing well. And that's not to say that there wasn't, you know, chemistry at points. You know, there were there were some times that were, hey, this team looked prepared going into games. But it really seemed like there were plenty of times where, like when they were playing in Notre Dame, or, you know, when they were going up against Louisville. Now, Louisville was different. Jeff Capel was gone, you know, because of COVID, and that was a complicated situation. But still, there were plenty of times where you saw and the, the you have these explosive athletes on the floor. Xavier Johnson, super fast, explosive, can stop and start, change, get a good pass going, can hit a shot can create on his own, all the, the good things you want in a point guard. You got Audis Tony with the length to, to defend. He's a tough he's a tough wing defender, and he can score. He can attack the ball. You still got Justin, you got Justin Champagne. You, you still had those guys, and then you had a shooter in Horton. And with all that, with, with, with the skill there, you didn't see it building off of each other a lot of times in the year. You know, when they beat Duke, I think that they, that was when they started to, like, feel it a little bit. But still, in those moments, when, when push came to shove, when they, when they were, when they were checked by a team, you started to see them not come together in those moments. And there were a couple times they did, you know, the first Syracuse game when Champagne was out, I think that was an example of them coming together. And some of this... I think is all because of pure chemistry. And, you, you know, there's just times guys don't get along. And that's something that we've talked about with the possibilities and the rumors that have, that have floated around about, uh, about, you know, Justin Champagne, Xavier Johnson and Audis Tony and who, who made who, you know, who, who didn't like who and what, you know, what led to the, to the transfer exodus that Pitt had with five players being gone. But I really think that, you could kind of see it. And I've told y'all the story about how Champagne tried to splow up uh, Xavier Johnson at halftime of Notre Dame and Xavier Johnson blew him off and Champagne went to talk to Tim O'Toole. But, you know, there were just, there were times where, you know, I, I was, I was wonder. I asked, I would ask kind of like softball questions early, getting early into the year, trying to see, um, you know, get the, get the things from him. And like, I remember there's one question I asked Xavier Johnson about Femi Udakali. And I'm like, hey, have you kind of taken him on in a mentorship role? And how's that going? And, you know, just something easy. You know, it, it was like my first or second press conference of doing pit basketball because I've just, this was my first year working the pit beat. And I had been, I was, I was still in football mode for pit and the Steelers. And he was like, oh, no, Femi doesn't need a mentor. He's fine on his own. And I was like, wait, what? Okay, I mean, that's cool that he had said, but don't you feel like you should? And hey, again, this isn't saying that Xavier's a bad person, but that was just an odd answer for me when it should have been like, hey, you know, hey, I'm working with the guy or, or say something. But I mean, he disassociated himself with Femi. And that just caught me way off guard then. And the more I think about and, and the, the things that I wrote and putting the pieces together you know, from what things that have been said since then and combining, you know, the 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 notes that I took early in the season and during the season with some of the postseason notes that I put together. And it, it brings up some interesting questions as far as, hey, maybe there were rifts that, you know, weren't exactly obvious early on and were being hinted at. And that's what happened with this program. 
And again, some of those tough losses, like the, the loss to Wake Forest, which was just inexcusable. You know, with Ithiel Horton, Ithiel Horton of all people, taking technicals and, and things going on. There, there, were, there were some real tense moments for this program. And it makes me think, you know, like there's, there's, there was something going on there. And again, it could be as much as, you know, we, we knew Xavier Johnson. He said as a freshman years ago, he wanted to be, he wanted to be the man. He said he wouldn't be here in three years. He thought he was going to the NBA draft. And then Justin Champagne came in his sophomore year and Champagne became the star of the show. And that can lead to some, some, some bumping and some, Hey, you know, you know, who, who really has the deference here? And it was obvious that Jeff Capel designed Pitt's game plan to get the ball to Champagne, you know, this this season. And that kind of took away some spotlight for Xavier. So, again, I, I keep looking back and thinking back to moments where there could have been times for, for this team to gel. Like when they were hitting their free fall in late January, early February, and they just, they kept finding ways to lose. You know, I remember... You know, Johnson, Tony, and, and or John, Johnson and Tony came out and said, "Yeah, we met with with Justin. And, you know, we got together and we got us. We realized we got to step up. We got to do something here." And that sounded cool, but it, it was also kind of weird. They had different accounts, like who led the meeting, who called the meeting, who said this, who said that. So I was like, "Okay, I mean, I'm not going to call you guys liars, but something didn't seem right there." And it made me again think, maybe these guys just didn't enjoy playing together. And how that can mess up a young team. And they were a young team. They st- and they're going to be an even younger team this year. I'm going to get right back to that. Right here on the H2P Podcast. DK Pittsburgh Sports. on the H2P Podcast. I'm Chris Carter, your host here, Pitt Beat Writer for DKPittsburghSports.com on the H2P Podcast, talking all things Pitt basketball right now. Now, again, building off of this and talking about teams liking to play together, there's, there's, there, there's also some things that were said after the fact, and Heather like kind of hinted at that when she spoke a couple weeks ago for the first time in 2021 when we asked her, like, hey, what was up with the transfer situation? And we asked her about, you know, Jeff Capel and what's going on there. And, and I've told you some of the gist of things, but the, one of the things that really stuck out to me was how she said, you know, there were some chemistry things. And she's, she used that, that there were team chemistry about two or three different times during the press conference. And to me, that was sort of like, okay, so there were there were some things there. And, and she also brought up how Jeff couldn't be the same kind of coach that he wants to be because again he like when he moved to Pittsburgh he bought a house in Shady Side and you know he's he's living there so it's close close enough to to campus for Pitt for Pitt so his student athletes can come see him and he can kind of insert himself and help build those relationships and that's extremely important to building these programs is building those relationships and without that he wasn't able to be there to kind of quell any issues that might have started up and festered now again we don't know what actually happened in there it might simply be as simple as you know x and ids felt like they needed to get new starts at just like a whole bunch of players in college basketball did 
I mean, we 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 hit over sixteen hundred players in the transfer portal. That that's very much a thing. And maybe and and maybe Koulibaly and Terrell Brown and Drud Gumgru Drumgru. I think he's he simply he wasn't going to get time on this team. And that 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 one was when I was like, okay, that makes sense. But. I look at the I look at that situation and I think about you know team chemistry and what was what was there. We started to see some of that excitement, some of that build up at the end of the year when Tony and Johnson were gone. So maybe there were some clashing in those in, in those in those weeks throughout the season, and then when that clashing kind of left because those because the uh, you know the guys and I really think that there was a. You know, a, a deference situation with guys who ran the team. This program, the two years, uh, the two years before 2020, so 2018, 2019, it was Trey McGowan's, Xavier Johnson, and Audie's Tony's team. And I said this before, that was at the. It is not. It is not good to not have players who know the program and are part of the program and are, are can be leaders for the team when you got young stars coming in because you need someone that's going to settle them down. You need a leader who's going to check them. And Jeff Capel's even talked about how, how, you know, when he was a freshman at Duke, he had to get checked. Someone had to talk to him and he, he said it was just the chemistry. That's part of building the chemistry is, you know, the coach saying something really, really tough to you. And then you, you're not knowing how to handle it and you taking it really seriously. And then the players address you privately. And then, you know, your teammates build you up and that's how they break you down to build you up and get you to be, who they're your best person in college basketball. And again, the pit didn't have that. Kevin Stallings chased away, you know, the guys who could have been like that. You know, the Cameron Johnsons and all the other guys that, that were in the program. Terrell Brown was the guy that, that hung over. And as, as commendable as Terrell Brown is for his efforts, I mean, he, he just, he wasn't, he wasn't a star. He wasn't a guy that was, that, 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 that could stand up and say, hey, I'm the person that leads the scoring or leads the rebounding. I'm the bad, the bad dude in the ACC that y'all better listen to me when I talk. And so when those guys were running the show and then, you know, McGowan's left in 2019, then you got Xavier Johnson and Audis Tony and they're trying to be that for Champagne but no one's done that for them so they don't know the roles of that and that's something that's tough to overcome and again I, I think that that led to some of the clashing there now is it ironic that there was clashing between all these guys and then Justin Champagne ended up leaving anyway. So maybe that if, if they were able to know ahead of time that Justin Champagne was going to the NBA, maybe they would have stayed and there would have been, you know, less clashing. Okay, maybe. But what there is an opportunity for is for Jeff Capel to build on guys that do like playing together. And I do get the sense, Femi Udakale, I didn't see him have those risks. He, he distributed the ball to everybody. Even between Nike Sabande and Ithio Horton, who Sabande took Horton's spot, Horton's spot in, 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 the, in the starting lineup. I didn't see those guys exactly clashing. They did pass the ball off to each other. And it wasn't the same feeling earlier in the year that I, that I normally see when college basketball teams are clicking, when they're scoring, when, when a big dunk is had or something like that. 
and the whole team gets into it, you know? And there were moments that Pitt had that last year, but especially during those rough games, it just it felt like it was tough to do that. Now, something that Jeff Capel's brought up a million times this year is this was a stressful as heck year for any student athlete. Dealing with COVID, getting tested all the time, worrying about getting COVID, worrying if your if your teammates got COVID, COVID, having to sit so far apart from each other, adjusting to that whole situation, and again not having as many practices and as many camp opportunities to to do the things that you want to be able to do, and to build those that that chemistry in the off season, all those things definitely led into this situation, and I think helped it fester problems that might not have been nearly as big a deal if this had just been a normal college basketball year. And who knows? Maybe they still would have still would have grown and blown up, and we'd still see this transfer situation. But we also have to acknowledge this is kind of the culture of basketball right now, or at least youth basketball. Players, they want it when they're in high school and AAU leagues and they're, they're playing around, they bounce around to where they can get the best opportunities so that they can get the best shots to get to a big school and get that scholarship. And then when they get to college, when the transfer portal rules were put in place that made it a lot easier to transfer and not lose a year of eligibility... Or not have to sit out a year. That kind of bled over, especially with this year, and especially with you know what Heather Like said. She you know she sat down in a conference with all the ACC men basketball coaches, and they're all kind of worried. They're like, you know, we we don't have the same kind of rapport with our guys that we normally do, and that's led to these problems. So maybe that tampers back down, but uh, again, I think that fed into Pitt's specific problem of not having that team chemistry. But now, whatever did happen for Pitt this year, whether it was just something basic of just, hey, things didn't work out this year, and that's why some guys, a whole bunch of guys transferred and Justin's in the NBA, or there was something that we just won't know about because it was inside the locker room and they're keeping it inside the locker room, whichever way it is, the, the guys from the 2020 class, the guys who I say that Jeff Capel has to hit with these guys, and get them to be a competitive team, a competitive group that uh, that that leads a new core and sticks sticks around for a while. Being John Hugley, who's been reinstated to the program, William Jeffress, who showed showed a lot of potential and I think could make a huge step this past year or this next year. Noah Collier, who flashed potential but needs to needs to grind a little bit more, work on his game, and of course Femi Udakale who I think is could be really special for, for Pitt basketball as, as, as a leader and a point guard and a floor general. If they can get those guys to build and, you know, take your Nike Sabandes and your Ithio Hortons and you get more out of them, I think there is the potential for that group to like each other because they's like, look, we saw whatever happened last year and we do not want to go through that ourselves. So let's set a tone here. And if they're able to get to be competitive, get a winning record, which hasn't happened yet under Jeff Capel, you know, compete in the ACC, maybe get a few ACC tournament wins. Maybe they start setting the tone and then they can be the guys who are the veterans for when Jeff Capel brings in another big class. And then it's Femi Udakale and John Hugley and all these guys that are saying, yo, young bucks, y'all may think y'all good, but guess what? 
we run this this place here. And if you want more time, you got to go through us. And we're going to show you what D1 college basketball and ACC basketball is all about. But again, that's why I've been advocating this whole time to give Jeff Capel time. Because he needs to get a group that's going to be able to like each other. And last year was just, he deserves a, a mulligan for all the crazy things that happened. But a mulligan with notes is like, hey, things got to things gotta start stepping in a different direction. But will they step in a different direction? Well, that, that's what we're going to find out. Pitt still has three scholarships available. We'll see where they go. Um, again, there's still players entering the transfer portal as we speak. So maybe they're they're waiting to see what other kind of players they can add to the program. I said last week how Pitt needs to be able to get two more big guys and then a backcourt presence that can that they can help with these last three scholarships, whether it's through the transfer portal or through high school. And if they do that, I think that they'll be on their way to building and maybe building that team that does like to play together, has fun doing it, and then maybe we'll see, be able to see some more fun basketball games in the ACC in 2021 and 2022. That's all we have for you here on the H2P Podcast. Thanks so much for listening on DKPittsburghSports.com's podcast network. Do check us out. If you, uh, if, if you haven't subscribed and you're kind of just cut step on stumbling over this, do subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcast are hosting. Hey, leave us a five-star review with a positive comment. When you do that stuff, it really helps out the show. It really helps out the network because we got a ton of things going on. Uh, you're, you're probably listening to this. Game four has just been played in the, uh, in the Penguins Islanders series. So we're going to be breaking all of that down on DKPittsburghSports.com. You need to subscribe so that you can get all of that great content there uh, covering for you. Dayon Kovacevic and Dave Molinari are all the way in New York, Long Island, doing the thing, covering covering your pens. You want to catch all up on that. And, of course, OTAs coming up this week. We'll have a lot of great availabilities and things we could talk about on, on your Pittsburgh Steelers and the Pirates who keep struggling through a tough year. But so much of great stuff to cut to cover here on DKPittsburghSports.com. Thanks again for listening. I'm Chris Carter. Follow me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. Also on Instagram, same handle. Appreciate all you all. And I'll be talking to y'all soon right here on this podcast network. Ladies and gentlemen.